Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Welcome back to the third hour here on RNR 920 AM. Thank you for being with us. Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, Clay Baker, all with you on this Freestyle Wednesday. Good morning, everybody. A lot to get into in this third hour. We'll talk to Sam and Ash at 945, do some street legal with them on the Deshaun Watson updates uh, from his side and from the plaintiff's side. It's all coming up at 945. We'll talk to Sam and Ash then. 69187, Sam and Ash text line, and we'll reach the phones on the Realty One guest line. Here on R and R nine twenty seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. All right, would you would you think about what Darren Waller was talking about yesterday? And Vinny had the first question on him about like, all right, the contracts, and you know he he took it in stride because he knows people are going to talk about that. But I think it's something that he feels like is it's going to get done, you know, and it's it's not something that weighs on his mind. I think what his role is is something that he is excited about, and where the 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 Josh McDaniels of uh, you know the way he's been able to kind of show footage to Derek Carr as well as guys like Darren Waller that they show you what is expected and how we want these throws to go. So at the same time, for a guy like Darren Waller was being shown, all right, this is how an offense can work and you can be a major star in this. They were showing him uh, footage of Rob Gronkowski. And Waller was very excited to remind us all of that uh, he can get there too. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, it's asking me to do a lot of things. Um, you know, we watch a lot of tape of, you know, Rob Gronkowski running wild uh, from just old New England clips and stuff like that. Uh, so it's exciting to see different ways that I'll be used. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited about it. It's a, challenge, it's a challenging system, but I love a, a good challenge. I think it's bringing the best out of us. When what you talk the, about the buy-in. Yeah, the buy-in factor. Look at this guy, that? Rob Gronkowski, who I worked with uh, for however many years. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? Like, th- that's a that's an ins- it's not a new offensive coordinator coming in and saying, this is the vision I have for you, and da 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 we could do this, we could do that. I'll just put this tape in of mm-hmm. a guy by the name of Rob Gronkowski, who you uh, compare to in a lot of ways, and just look at that if you want if you're if you're like uh, hemming and hawing on whether you're going to be buying into the system, and of course Darren Waller's going to go, I'm freaking all in, of course. Yeah, there's no other way to be. I think with this offense, with this system, with a man who's got six Super Bowls behind him, is to question it. I, I don't think anybody's doing that right now. And like we talked about earlier, a lot of this team is veteran players with a veteran state of mind, pros, pros that want to jump in with both feet and not think about how cold the water might be if they do that jump. They're just thinking about do the jump, sort everything else out as it goes. You know, it's a matter of learning, it's a matter of growing, it's a matter of understanding the philosophies and making sure that as captains and leaders, the guys that are the heads of this team like from Waller to Crosby to Hunter to Derek, the, all of those guys are bought in into the system and are on the same tangent. And that's important to trickle down to everybody else who may not be there, who may have any reservation, but it doesn't seem like that that is the case with this team from what we're seeing up front right now. Wherever you are as a player, um, basically down to, you know, everyone wants to get paid, of course. I mean, this is a business and and, and that is a, uh, a big part of it. 
But what's your plan for me? How are you going to help me get better? How are you going to be put put me in positions to succeed? And that goes for whether you're the you know left guard uh, to the quarterback. And um, the, the the buy-in factor should not be even a consideration for. And I don't get any kind of sense that it is uh, because this is a winning formula that that both Patrick Graham. And um, Josh McDaniels are, are, are bringing to the table, not just a winning formula, but there's so many examples of guys that they've taken, whether it's offense or defense, and saying, look at what we got out of this guy, you know, in this package. Look at how we were able to take advantage of this skill set and make this a productive player and somebody that made plays for us. This is what we envisioned for you. It's, it's, there's just too many examples to cite for anybody to have any doubt. Yeah, I think at this point, like we talked about earlier in the week, everybody has seen a taste of the playoffs. Now it's how do we win a game? How do we get deeper into the playoffs? Like how do we win the divisional round of the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, And I think that obviously right now, you've got to think that at least two of the AFC West teams are going to go into the playoffs. How do you become one of those two teams? How do you sharpen the tools that you've got to be able to get your focus wrapped around that and free a distraction. Like Derek even said, I think it was Derek yesterday when he was talking about how without the things that have happened, they wouldn't have been where they are now, but that now that, you know, it's kind of freeing for him not to have the contract distraction, the different things that happen with Gruden throughout the year and the team, the rest of the stuff that trickled down. Having to say the right thing at the right time to be the leader, to be the guy every Wednesday to send the right message and not just to the public, but uh, to the team itself. He's being able to now talk about uh, football again. And I, we can't underestimate what the Raiders did accomplish last year. Uh, getting through everything, fighting through what they fought through to get to the playoffs, but getting that taste and understanding we got there, uh, we're able to get there, and uh, almost getting that taste and saying, don't want anything else other than that. That's the, We're never going to – we don't ever want to fall back to being on the outside looking in, and I think the, the, the precedent that they set – amongst themselves and for themselves is a driving factor right now. They don't want to just get back. Well, first of all, they don't want to fall back, number one uh, exclamation point. But the plan now is to push forward from what they created last year. And last year, to me, was a huge trampoline that they've now vaulted themselves into this year. And with those expectations and standards and all that type of stuff and the additions that they've made, uh, I don't think that they see any reason why their goals can't be accomplished. And now it's just like you said, learning the system, uh, doing everything you need to do as an individual to to help the cause. You know, Jared Waller also spoke about how this opens up everything for this offense. If you start working a, you know, a- the tight end as much as Josh McDaniels was able to do with Rob Gronkowski he explained that the the after effects and the byproducts are something that's very successful on the field it makes defenses make decisions probably um, I mean if they keep if they keep doting me then that's fine like I mean have single cover Devonta Adams if you want to you know or Hunter Renfro so uh, yeah I feel like it helps us out we can all compliment off of each other and I feel like you know, somebody like Josh Jacobs and, and Kenyon and Amir, guys like that, would benefit too because if they want to play a lot of zone, then it opens up things in the run game. So I feel like it allows the entire offense to be to complement off each other when somebody demands attention. Has anybody uh, a, a thought about like those kind of schemes where you 
can't double team everybody. You know, like for a defense, this is a complete a guessing game. game. Yeah, it's a math game. It's a it's a math game. And Heidi, like for for what uh, Darren was just trying to clue in, like even then, if you think you had the wide receivers covered, the running game is going to blow you away. Yeah. It's going to run you down. Or the Titans. or yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knows what you'll see come into effect here with this whole offensive system. I think there's a lot of different opportunities for everyone to have success. And I know that might sound cheesy or a little cliche, but it's factual. It if you've looked at what the Patriots have done through the years with their offense, and again, I'm not saying that they're taking every single thing out of that playbook and applying it now to the Raiders because I think Josh McDaniels will have his own takes and his own vision for what he can accomplish with this team but a lot of that base things that plays how people were utilized I believe you will see as this year begins to unfold and I think that it's going to put everybody like I keep using the Mac Jones analogy I think it puts everybody in a position to succeed because I don't think Mac Jones will be the same quarterback without the Josh McDaniels offense. I think that he was somebody that he saw how to utilize him best in situational roles and how to make him look like a great top five guy. And I don't think it'll be the same this year. Yeah. But I think that's a gift McDaniels has. Yeah. And I, and, and we're a little confined in what we can say that we see sometimes uh, in these practices, but I could tell you this right now, uh, they are running the ball in every imaginable way from a lot of different personnel groups groupings uh, and there's some other things that they're doing that I, that uh, I think the Raiders got away from these last four years uh, that um, are, are, are going to be a staple of this play action. Uh, play, uh, they, no, uh, I don't know. You can't talk they, about they were, it. Finney. They were good on play action. They they were a play action team. They've been a play action team. But things like screens and uh, uh, certain ways that they're running the ball, and, and I really do believe I've taken this away, uh, Heidi, uh, when we've been out there. There is a physicality and a physical intent that they're trying to build, a toughness in the run game that they're trying to build. You can see how they're attacking the run game uh, at this stage, and 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 it really starts clicking that they want to be intentional, they want to be physical, yeah, they want to be demanding uh, in, in the run game. And I think it, it, it's going to be a little bit different way that they go about it than the previous staff. It's all in the eyes. Staring at the eyes. eyes. There's a lot of hunger. I'm serious. It's a lot of, I mean, they're power. It's power football. It's power football, and it's happening with a suddenness. It's it's really cool to to watch. What about the eyes? Hungry eyes? Yes. The, no, seriously, I'm seeing it. They, they when each guy is kind of biting down on, even if it's just a drill, the yeah. eyes are focused. They're locked in. They're looking at where like. It's almost as though you're seeing imaginary defenders on the field right now that they're trying to to figure out the route. They're trying to really lock in which way they're cutting. They're locking in, you know, where do I need to make an addition here? So it's a a matter of trying to figure out those things right now. But when you're running, like Vinny said, power football, you are just locked in. Nose to the grindstone, straight laser focus, laser eyes. Right, laser Shark eyes. Beams, mm-hmm. Sharks yep. with lasers. Lasers, and uh, you track <laughs> them down and take care of everyone within a mile of distance. Clay, you understand me. <laughs> well, well, there's another black hole, and we'll meet there eventually. It's in the Milky Way. But think about Gruden was trying to do that power run game for a long time, and it was never as successful mm-hmm. because they didn't. What, what was missing out of it? Was it rotation or was it theory and philosophy? I don't know, but it was a. Uh, <laughs> it was it, Doug Martin at the end of the career. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. They just 
they Marshawn were so Lynch bad the on, on short yardage situations, yeah. and it really hurt them. I mean, they, they lost games because of that, uh, and especially in the red zone when you can't convert a third and one, when you can't convert a fourth and one. I think there was some creativity, uh, some play calling. Um, you never know because uh, you're not in the huddle and you're not in the film room who might have blown an assignment. Um, there were penalties, of course, that that hurt them, um, but. Uh, yeah, it just for whatever reason they weren't able to get a lot of times those those inches, those yards, a uh, yard uh, mm-hmm. that they needed to prolong a drive or or, or maximize a, a trip to the red zone. Uh, and I know because Josh McDaniels has talked about it. Uh, and when we talk about weapons in the red zone, I know Eddie was talking about uh, Darren. I, I think he wanted to say Darren Waller in the red zone, but keep an eye also on Mac Hollins. Uh, the wide receiver that they picked up from the Miami Dolphins, a big target who has had success uh, in the red zone. And I think that Josh McDaniels already kind of has a little bit of a vision of him and how he can be useful on that part of the field. All right. That's Vinny, Heidi, and Clay here on this Wednesday. Let's take a break. We will come back and we'll hear a little bit from Josh as well as Darren Waller was asked a question like, what will happen when you start divvying up the balls and how many people uh, will be able to really produce in this offense? All that and more here on Raider Nation Radio. I like it, Clay. I like it. <laughs> the Freestyle Wednesday. It, it is a Freestyle <laughs> These Wednesday. These songs are guaranteed to stay in your mind all day long in your memory. No doubt about it. You know what else um, could be a memory, Clay? Buying or selling your home. It's a big one. It is a biggie. And you know what? It might be your time to buy or sell a home. And the Realty One Group here in Las Vegas, they want to be the ones to be part of your story. Yes, the housing market is going through the roof. It's nuts. It's crazy. It's hectic. But it's still a great time to sell and even buy the home of your dreams. To do so, you'll need a hardworking real estate professional to help you out. And Realty One Group knows the market. They know the neighborhoods. They know the transactions. They know they can do everything uh, in uh, imaginable to help you uh, create the home of your dream or the sale of your dream. Realty One Group was founded in Las Vegas, and it's been their home for more than 11 years. They've been opening and door, opening doors for their clients and opening doors for real estate professionals to live better lives for more than a decade. They're also proud to give back to the local community. Uh, they donate their time and resources to make an impact. So whether you're buying or selling your home, give the Realty One Group a call today at 888-461-0101. Very nicely done. And I think you're right. But, you know, that's that's it's good advice for the expansion of Las Vegas as it continues to grow. And it's in a it's been in this great growth spurt for about three to four years where it's beyond expansion. And, uh, you know, insane. It, it is insane. And I, it, it you see how uh when people get excited about growth and where things are, are moving to a new direction, you, you want to be a part of it and uh, you want to get with good people. And maybe even like in, and not to extrapolate this into just a, you know, a cheesy segue for the Raiders, the buy-in mentality that we've been playing from these guys today from Carr and Waller is really exceptional. They don't want to give too much away. And I like that about that because they, they're very professional in their regard, but you could see that even when a guy like Waller is, is asked, you know, is there going to be enough to go around for everybody to be happy? It, he's he tries to explain that that's not what makes us happy. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good question because it's like when you see a an NBA team. You know, remember like when the Heat got the big three? It's like the first year. It may not click like the way they wanted it to because it's like it takes chemistry. It, it works great on like Madden and 2K, but it's like you know guys got to guys got to accept 
roles and know, okay, this is the situations that I do best in and then just bring a certain level of unselfishness to the table and know that everything that we do is about the team, you know, certain guys, we've accomplished individual things on our own. And now it's like, okay, how do we, you know, maybe sacrifice that a little bit to help, you know, the collective achieve what they want to achieve. You know, it's funny, uh, Clay, I don't think there's going to be a lot of sacrifice going on um, between or among Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Hunter mm-hmm. Renfro. I think that history has shown, go look at the Rams and all the weapons that they've had uh, recently and how everybody gets fed. Um, you know, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Odell, um, you know, uh, last year, Brandon Cooks was in that mix uh, from time to time. And they all had numbers. There was a year where had Cooper Cup not gotten hurt, uh, they would have had three wide receivers with 90 or more catches and 1,000 or more yards. Um, and, in fact, if you take the player that replaced him after he um, you know, went out uh, eight games into the season, if you combine those two stats between Josh Reynolds, who replaced Cooper Cup and Cooper Cup, they were basically three wide receivers that oh, really? were, yeah, were, were right there. <laughs> um, so, uh, so it doesn't take a whole lot of uh, sacrifice. You might not get the ball every time that you want. Of course, that's gonna that's gonna happen. Derek's gonna see somebody else, a better matchup. Um, you know, an open man. His progression is gonna take him uh, elsewhere. But as it goes on. Uh, you're going to see that all these guys are, are getting fed. And do you play fantasy football? Are you a fantasy mm-hmm. football guy? Yeah, for uh, sure. I'm not. Not on Heidi's level, but I, I play fantasy as like an amateur. Right. Um, and so a lot of times in our in our jobs, we get called, you know, from radio stations that do fantasy sports, you know, maybe Sirius XM. And I'm not the biggest fantasy guy out there. Uh, but you you do sometimes go on these shows, and and I remember them asking who should we take this week? Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, and I'm like I don't know, but I do know this: one of them's probably going to end up with like ten catches for 160 something yards or whatever. The next week it might be the other guy, and then the week after that it might be the other guy, and yes. in in between all the other guys are going to still get some pretty good numbers. You just can never predict it, and so I don't I don't necessarily think Clay that there's going to be this big. Uh, sacrifice. I think guys are going to get fed really well this year. I do, and they will. They will mirror maybe what how if you were a fantasy player during the Josh McDaniels New England era, you you had to take and really temper your money if because not everyone's going to be that de facto uh, one hundred catch receiver or the one thousand yard running back. They don't work like that. They win games and they're very successful, but that has nothing to do with fantasy success. And what's so interesting about that is. You know, we were just talking about it earlier. The, the Patriots did do it collectively, and sometimes it was a no-name type of situation. Now, granted, guys like Julian Edelman, you know, broke out and became you know stars in their in their own right. Uh, but they've always sort of had a running back by committee. It's always kind of a different group each year. Um, sometimes bringing in a veteran off the off the free agent market to plug and play. Um, their wide receivers have been kind of a turnstile in a lot of ways. It's, it hasn't always been big name uh, players, but they've been able somehow, some way, and a lot of it is it goes back to Josh McDaniels and obviously Tom Brady. They, they schematically uh, are able to uh, put together a always very good offense, but now he does have guys like Devontae Adams and, 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 and Darren Waller and, and Hunter Renfro. There's a collection of talent here uh, that I don't think he's even, and we're talking about Josh McDaniels, save for that Randy Moss year, uh, a level of talent in ter- terms of the weapons that that uh, he's not quite used to. Yeah, man. I I think for the Darren Waller uh, aspect of it, this is a tight end that creates major mismatches down the field, given his speed as well. And McDaniel's spoke about how impressed he is with Darren Waller. 
Darren's, you know, he's done everything we've asked him to do and more. Um, he's obviously a, a, a good player. You know, we love having him here. It's really a, a pleasure to coach the guy. Um, comes with a great attitude and mindset every day. Um, works really hard here early. Stays late, does extra, you know, takes care of his body. Um, does a lot of the things that you would want any player to do. Um, you know, and, and obviously he's been productive with his opportunities. So um, love having him here and looking forward to coaching him. Oh, they love it. Well, they, yeah. They, 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 you can't go and just find this anywhere. You can't draft it. it. When you have it, you really embrace it and cherish it. Yeah, and uh, we alluded to this earlier. I think uh, Darren Waller in a lot of ways has, has blown people away, but he has a tendency to do that. You know, if you talk to the previous staff and, and, and John Gruden and – look. When, what was it, 2020 uh, or 2019, um, maybe even both of those years, you know, we'll, we'll go back to Antonio Brown. He was supposed to be the Devontae Adams, right? Yeah, uh, Obviously, right. that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Literally, John Gruden had to redo his whole offense and run it through a guy by the name of Darren Waller, number 83, who by that at that point was, who who's Darren Waller? I don't think anyone really knew who Darren Waller was unless you were just a football head. Uh, that knew every player on every on every roster, and 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 John Gruden was able to put together an offense that ran through this spectacular young tight end uh, in a way really that John Gruden hadn't done previously. But he figured out this dude is the stud of this team, and uh, we this is where our offense has to has has to has to go through. So he blew John Gruden and and then Mike Mayock uh, away, and and I'm not surprised at all that he's doing the same exact thing with Dave Ziegler. Uh, and Josh McDaniels and the, and the new staff. He had 117 targets in 2019 when he had to go through that system. You know, uh, John Gruden was able to funnel all that work through Darren Waller's hands. And then the next year, 145 targets. Last year, 93 targets. But he was definitely projected to go into, you know, about yeah. 150 How many targets. He missed, what, five games or so? Yeah, five uh, games. Right at the critical Six point. Six games. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was, I remember being in Dallas when he got hurt. Uh, and it was on a nice play, um, you know, and 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 so they he just got taken out. When people talk about the Raiders' offense last year and how it sort of fizzled out, well, again, you lost Henry Ruggs, and then Darren Waller goes out for five and a half games or however many games it was. That's going to have an effect on your on your uh, operation and on your quarterback, and that's why I keep saying. You know, uh, Derek Carr is going into a season where he's never had this talent across the board in terms of the weapons ever in his career. I don't care who, what wide receiver, tight end group you want to talk about with the Raiders uh, w during his time here. This is this is it surpasses it. And if everybody stays healthy, uh, I think I think Derek Carr is going to be talked about as a top ten quarterback, and this offense is going to be a top five offense in the NFL. Uh, I got to read a text for you. Six nine one eight seven Salmon Ash text line. Uh, East Bay Raider Gray asks, "Can you imagine the four wide receiver set with Devontae and Demarcus on the outside, Renfro and Waller along the slot? Don't underestimate Robinson's speed to open up things for the three star receivers. The key is the offensive line holding up, but offensively, Robinson is sneaky good and a sneaky good signing that will open up the spread offense. Go Raiders." And uh, Keenan uh, Cole too. Uh, he's he's another guy to keep an eye on. Uh, been been doing some nice things out there. Tyron Johnson uh, made some nice plays uh, yesterday. Uh, so he's another wide receiver that we kind of forget about. Uh, but if you're talking about the speed factor, uh, that's what that's what he brings uh, to the table. And 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 Mac Hollins as well. 
Uh, I know I've gotten asked uh, a lot, you know, who's going to be that wide, that third wide receiver, the the wide receiver three, and I think it's going to be by a committee, and I think it's going to be situational because when you talk about Robinson and Cole and Mac Hollins and whoever else might fight their way uh, into consideration, they're going to be able to do it, you know, a little bit by committee. But when you really think about it, the three wide receivers are, are Waller, um, Renfro, and 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 uh, Devonte Adams because. Darren Waller's a wide receiver. I mean, I know he's a tight end. <laughs> he really is. He's but your he number lines two. up as he lines up everywhere. So, um, uh, you know, I know he's a tight end in name, uh, but he's he's. You might as well just think of him as a wide receiver. Plays like how Demarcus Robinson's game was one in which, when you saw him in Kansas City, he was a big part of the di- diversion packages. He seemed to be happy with that role. He's really good. I mean, he's in constant motion, always on the field. But yet, what I really like about his game is that he blocks downfield really well. That's also going to play in, in part to that. Mike Hollins is also a noted blocker. Really helpful to have that kind of like you know detail uh, that that goes along with a wide receiver these days that they're not only happy to do it but they're good at it. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know you bring up Demarcus Robinson uh, in a, in, a, in a cast of stars in Kansas City. He's been able to fit in, uh, figure out ways to fit in and 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 be effective. And and so much of life, so much of sports uh, is is understanding who you are and being honest about it. And uh, I think Demarcus Robinson understands who he is as an NFL player and how he can fit in and how he can help um, and and is and is is perfectly fine doing those things and I think Cole is a guy that you know when he's played in bad quarterback situations and now really all of bad. a sudden yeah go Jacksonville and, and the New York Jets now he goes to a really good quarterback situation and will have room to operate given everyone else that's that's around him so uh, so keep an eye on him in terms of you know, uh, if you want to talk about not a breakthrough guy, but a guy that might surprise you a little bit, uh, he to me, uh, he's, a, he's a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, one more from Josh McDaniels. When he talked about how Derek Carr has not only been able to absorb this offense, but to kind of help become that leader that he was really expecting when he came to the organization, Josh McDaniels taking a look at the Raiders in many different facets. Obviously, Derek Carr had to be a major factor in that because now he needs to know that, do I have somebody that has the ability, the mental capacity to run and absorb everything I need, but also to execute? He brought that up yesterday. Boy, Derek's been a, you know, I don't know how everybody else rates him, you know. Um, so, I, you know, he's been a good player for a long time. You know, I've said that since I got here, um, and that's the truth. You know, he's he's smart. He works really hard at it. He understands the game of football. Um, he's got good arm strength and accuracy. He's a good leader. Uh, he's tough, doesn't miss a lot of games, been durable. So um, there's a lot There's a lot that Derek Carr, um, you know, does every day uh, to to give you a lot of confidence in, in what he can do with your team. So, um, you know, I don't know how everybody else rates him. I just know that I feel pretty good about the things that I'm seeing. He's, he's having a good spring. He's working really hard. He's acclimating to some of the new guys. Um, he treats everybody the same, which I love. Um, you know, that's that's a good sign of a leader. You know, he's not just going to talk to the guys that are, you know, in the first huddle. He talks to everybody, you know, at every position, offense, defense, kickers, punters, you know. So, um, been very impressed with him. Anything surprised you at all or anything that you weren't I wouldn't say, like I said, I mean, I, I've been a big fan for a while, you know, so I wouldn't say there's been anything that has, has stood out that, that I've been surprised about. By the way, Clay, don't think for a second, um, I don't want, definitely don't think I'm speaking out of school right here. Let me think about this for a second. Okay, yeah. You know, there was a time where the Patriots were definitely interested in Derek Carr, um, as were a number of teams a couple of years ago. Um, so, 
Josh McDaniels knows about Derek Carr. The exactly. Patriots were interested in potentially trading uh, for Derek Carr after you know the Tom Brady uh, situation and, and 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 all that. And why not? You know, you put Derek Carr in that system. Uh, I think that uh, they not to say that he's Tom Brady. I'm not saying that at all. But uh, but I don't think that they would have missed much of a beat uh, at all with Derek Carr there. So uh, it's kind of ironic that uh, a team that you know made some uh, some inquiries in terms of potentially trading for for Derek Carr, uh, the the offensive coordinator of that team is now working with Derek Carr, and that guy has been watching him. Going through the league, going through the uh, you know many different offenses, and I'm sure he felt like if he ever just was in this system, think of what could be done. Think about how you you go and drag you know Cam Newton to a seven and nine record and rebuild everything, and Mac Jones, a rookie, as you brought up, like that is something that that speaks well not only of a system but for a guy like Josh McDaniels, he knew a long time ago. When when eventually you know, uh, TB12 would leave uh, New England, that they needed to find an apt replacement. Derek Carr's been on his mind for a while. Yeah, and by the way, uh, and I know that Raider Nation never wants to go down this road, and understandably so, but you know who throws a hell of a ball? Jared Stidham. Is that so? Oh, yeah, yes, that's, yes, 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 That's yes. interesting to know. Jared Stidham, uh, in the times that I've been out there, uh, gotten a chance to watch him, uh, I, I I see what people see, and um, he throws a nice ball. He has nice touches. He's got a cannon uh, for for an arm, uh, and he's ever you know. There's been a few times, more than a few times, where I'm like, what? Oh, wow, that was three. Okay, you know that was uh, Stidham. Oh, all right. Oh, wow, you know that was a nice throw right there. So um, it'll be interesting because I know that I don't know what Josh McDaniels' philosophy is during the preseason, how much we're going to see of Derek Carr. A lot of coaches just go away from playing any of their starters, uh, any amount of plays. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that, this might be different because it is a new offense, and, and you, you know you could use some of those games uh, to really expedite the process. Uh, but at some point, we're going to see Jared Sidham, and probably extensively. And I'm curious to see what we're going to see from him in the preseason. Oh, that's very exciting. That That's really cool. That's something to watch for today. What else would you like to see today out of camp? Uh... I, you know, yesterday I kept my eye on uh, Max Crosby. There were a couple of really good battles between uh, he and Alex Leatherwood. By the way, I feel like La- Alex Leatherwood uh, in 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 pass protection uh, is getting out quicker. His footwork seems a little bit better, and he's able to uh, to, to move a little bit faster uh, in terms of getting set and uh, and 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 pass blocking. Now, definitely working against uh, Max Crosby, play after play after play, uh, that is a chore. That is a workout. So I want to uh, continue to keep an eye on on that. Matchup. Um, I want Malcolm Kuntz was running uh, number two behind um, behind Max Crosby. And, uh, you, you have to preface all of this with quote marks because the depth chart is uh, evolving, living document. So don't read too much into it. Uh, but he got a chance to get on the field quite a bit as the primary backup to uh, 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 at least in, in the segments that I was watching uh, with Max Crosby. Uh, I want to see and try to figure out, you know. Um, if, if if Nate Hobbs is being used in some some, some different ways, uh, Lester Cotton, by the way, has been getting a whole bunch of snaps at starting uh, right guard. Now, granted, that's probably the position that's designated for Denzel Good if he's ready to go. Uh, so you know, um, you know, keep that in mind when you think about it. But coming into this pre coming into train or, or this part of the year at least, uh, you would have assumed that maybe it was Jermaine Illuminor who would have been getting the snaps at right guard uh, in the starting unit. 
but it's been Lester Cotton. And talking to to Josh McDaniels about that yesterday, uh, it seems like Lester Cotton has put together a really nice uh, offseason and has put the work in. He's been a guy that's been around here for a little while, kind of on a development track. Uh, So maybe he's making uh, his move to at least knock on the door for some playing time. Oh, that's a nice story. It would be good to follow. And make sure you follow Vinny on Twitter at Vinny Bonsignor, as well as VegasNation.com for all the updates and news and notes that comes from today's minicamps. Vinny, great show today. Let's do it again tomorrow. All right. And you got Sam and Ash. Sam and Ash, that's right. We will talk about Deshaun Watson, the updates to that lawsuit, and a whole lot more here on Raider Nation Radio. Let's get to it. It's time for Street Legal with Sam and Ash Injury Law, SamandAshLaw.com, because you deserve what's right. 702-820-1234. They join Raider Nation Radio every Wednesday at this time. Good morning, you two. How are you? Great, Clay. Thank you for joining us. It's really awesome to have you both on. I mean, it's just uh, to start off with just this continuing strange story that just keeps getting more baffling as it goes on because the pattern of behavior for Deshaun Watson is really starting to take a toll. As the New York Times reported yesterday that Deshaun Watson booked massage appointments with at least 66 different women over 17 months from 2019 to 2021. Okay, and we also have realized that with updates coming in from uh, other, uh, you know, other victims where they say, all right, there's now 24 lawsuits. A massage therapist in the latest suit said, you know, that there was really some uh, untoward activity that was happening now. How is this going to go as, as, as expected? Because Rusty Harden, his lawyer, seems to be falling over even his own feet when he tries to describe the nature of this lawsuit. I don't think there's anything to really uh, to, 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 you know, imagine like what had happened. I think as more as more comes out, we're really starting to paint a picture of behavior that has almost the kind of activity of a real sexual predator. Okay. Well, well, first off, nothing's been proven in court, so all of this is is a, is is are just accusations. And I'm I'm very I feel very strongly about this. Um, I think we just went through the Amber Heard trial where we heard a, a lot of stuff that was said leading up to it, and then uh, the evidence fell apart in court. Uh, so I, you know, that's one thing. Another uh, important note: um, the. The grand jury convened on this case for criminal charges has refused to file any charges. Now, that doesn't mean that no criminal acts occurred. It just means there wasn't enough persuasive evidence uh, to substantiate filing that that um, those charges. So I you know, with those data points matter. Uh, I understand that this latest accuser has come forward, according to Deshaun Watson's team. They haven't you know, she's a a new accuser that's come forward. so we'll have to wait to see how this how this plays out in in court. Uh, if it goes to trial, if there's or if you know the lawsuits filed and they'll, they'll go through a discovery process, they're going to look at evidence. In a civil case, the uh, the standard is a little bit lower for for the burden of proof, but you still have a burden of proof as the plaintiff uh, to substantiate your case. So uh, I say let's you know bring bring the legal process forward, you know. Put up your evidence. Let's see it. Let's mm-hmm. uh, let's get people under oath and, and and figure this out. Ash, why do you think it didn't work the first time? As far as the grand jury was concerned, what evidence were they not seeing, or was this something that uh, that is really kind of like underlying in the case that even though the amount of like twenty four women are saying one thing, 
what what weren't they seeing in court? Could there be ever a time where you're not seeing the full breadth of evidence? Well, actually, a grand jury proceeding is brought by the prosecutor and only the prosecutor. The the defense and Deshaun's side doesn't get to present any evidence to this type of jury proceeding. So all you're getting is the prosecution's evidence that they think is enough or they're curious to see whether a jury would find enough this evidence enough and substantial to convict him and the jury didn't buy it and the jury didn't return a true bill to con- to move forward with charge- charges against Deshaun Watson so I don't know what there these proceedings are sealed so I don't know what evidence was presented or was not presented but clearly a group of people adults saw an amount of evidence and decided there wasn't enough to move forward and to criminally charged Jason Watson. Could more evidence be obtained? Could this process go forward again? Absolutely. So if a prosecutor in another jurisdiction or the same one obtain new and more substantial evidence, you might see more grand jury proceedings go forward. If we have uh, more information coming out, or I'm sorry, if we see more information like the New York Times and other uh, news sources come up with more information, uh, can the NFL, who is trying to investigate whether Watson violated the code of conduct and interviewed him in person last month as part of the investigation, uh, do you find like maybe the NFL could be like, look, if there more and more stuff keeps coming out, we just and you're not getting adjudicated by the law system. Do we just have to put you on an exempt list until we actually get everything out? Because it seems as though that if you try to make some sort of like uh, you know punishment now, or at least by the league wants to make some sort of like statement now, are they more uh, apt to wait until it all comes out, or do they think you have enough already? Well, I think you're asking a question that the NFL's PR agency and public relations group is really trying to figure out what the best case forward is for the NFL. How do they handle this situation in light of all of the allegations, the severity of the allegations, but also in an environment that is distancing itself socially from the the fervor of the Me Too movement we saw earlier in like 2010 or 2015, and especially in light of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard verdict you can't this stuff isn't done in a vacuum clay and so right now this is a tough business decision for the nfl and they also we can't forget they have to abide by the collective bargaining agreements whatever that player contract entitles deshaun watson to and and the investigative process so that it's a tough balance i don't envy the nfl right now but um they'll figure it out and they'll move forward and there will surely be critics regardless of what decision they make it's Ash from Salmon Ash Injury Law, SalmonAshLaw.com, 702-820-1234, available both in Nevada and in California, because you deserve what's right. A story that comes out of a New Jersey Barclays Center, uh, there was a rumor of an active shooter, and it caused a stampede as at least 10 people were suffered injuries two weeks ago. Uh, people began screaming. They, somebody thought they heard shots. It wasn't true, but the crowd didn't know it. Okay, so what happens when you have this kind of panic and people are starting to, like, stampede and run over each other? How does that, uh, I mean, because everyone wants immediately, like, all right, who started this? Who is to blame? Who becomes directly responsible for these people's injuries? when stuff like this happens 
Well, that's a great question. You look to see what started the frenzy. And if the frenzy started with someone that was uh, in charge of the event, the Barclays Center, their security organization, or was it just a person in the crowd who, you know, got spooked by a loud noise or something? You, you're always going to try and figure out what triggered the response and reaction. And then you're going to see if it was criminally negligent or if there was some, you know, reasonable confusion. Did something happen in that stadium that created a loud bang and created a panic, especially in light of what happened down in Texas? So again, mm-hmm. all this stuff isn't evaluated in a vacuum. But, it, yeah, yeah, but if you yell shooter in a in a crowded place and you're mistaken, th- that's still potentially a negligence claim against you. Absolutely. Right? It's not intentional. It's not a criminal act and, and it's not going to, you know, it's not going to invite an intentional tort action for punitive damages and such, but you are still going to face uh, responsibility for the consequences of making a mistake. It's similar to driving a vehicle at a high rate of speed and causing an accident and injuries. You know, you weren't intentionally trying to create those injuries, but your negligence was and actions were unreasonable in light of the circumstances. Consequences took place, injuries occurred, and so you can be held uh, criminally and civilly responsible. And how long have we known about, you know, yelling fire in a crowded movie theater? I mean, that, that is one of your early precedents that takes place. Like, that, that's an easy one to start uh, placing blame. But, but very little has changed since then because somebody really has to go and start taking some personal responsibility if you start yelling shooter, especially now. Yeah. So again, look, the, the yelling fire in a theater analogy, that's, it's commonly misconstrued and misinterpreted. Uh, it's not the law of the land. It's something that's archaic and was in constitutional uh, texts early on. And, if, and so I don't want to get kind of lost in that. If you yell fire in a theater and nothing happens, you're the only person in the theater, it's not a crime. That's not illegal. But if you yell fire in a theater and there is no fire and people start running and get injured, now you're responsible for your negligent act. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. That just yelling, it's not a problem. And if you did it intentionally, knowing full well that there wasn't a fire and, and you, we can prove malice, well, well then you're, you've got an intentional tort lawsuit and it, it ratchets up the damages that you could face, potentially even criminal charges. Oh, that's Sam and Ash Injury Law, SamandAshLaw.com. Always here on Wednesdays at 945 for a little street legal. Fascinating stuff. Thank you both for coming on today and making time. Let's do it again next week. I appreciate it. Let's do it, Clive. All right. right. 702-820-1234 in Nevada and California. It's Sam and Ash. We're out of time for today. Thank you for joining us. Coming up next, it'll be Rich Eisen and then a full day of Great Raider Nation Radio. I'm off to minicamp to check it out. You'll hear all the great sound during the shows of JT the Brick, Q Myers, from noon to 2 as well as 2 to 5 here on Raider Nation Radio. Have a great day, everybody. Hey, guys. It's your boy, Vinny B. from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news. All TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right. TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.